Thanks for tuning in to the Realtor Moms podcast. We are Tasha and Jamie, full-time realtors in the FM and surrounding areas, and admittedly average moms. This is how we sell homes and try to keep our kids alive. Today on the Realtor Moms podcast, we are going to be talking about how to flip a house. Um, you know, I have quite a few questions for Jamie. I know more than, say, the average bloke, but Jamie is my go-to person with questions on how to flip a house, and she's the resident expert. So I'll start off here with a few questions for you, Jamie. Sure, sure. How, how do, do you go about finding the home to flip? Yeah, so um, that is probably the number one question that everybody, uh, what everybody wants to ask is, how do you find a house that you think is worthy of flipping or do you think that you can really make some money on? Because that's what a, a home flip, quote unquote, is. It's a renovation for the purpose of investment, whether you fix it up and keep it or fix it up and then put it right back on the market, which is the typical flip. Um, uh, that uh, That's the big question. So here are some of my answers. Um Number one, I think people feel like they should be searching pre-foreclosures on Zillow, which is kind of a misleading title uh, pretty often, or they should oh, be yes. call yeah, or they should be <laughs> calling banks and asking about foreclosures. And I'm not saying that any of that is a bad idea. All I'm saying is that those avenues have never to this point li- brought me to a quote unquote deal or an investment opportunity that I thought was a good one. So um, really what I'm based off of is some of, number one is the MLS. Believe it or not, the listings that you can see are the same listings that I can see are the same listings that investors can see. And um, the most lucrative uh, project to date for me so far, if everything goes as planned, um, is a house that sat on the market for about 50 days before it had any offers. So, um, yeah, they're kind of right under your nose. They're not necessarily uh, foreclosures or distressed properties at all. Do you have any other go-to um, areas on where to find a home other than the MLS? Well, uh, um, it's nice to be a realtor. You know, being <laughs> it a is, realtor it is nice. <laughs> does give me some connections. Sometimes I get a call from so-and-so whose sister has a house that she just, you know, doesn't want a lot of people through, so doesn't want it on the MLS. I mean, that does happen. So both being a realtor and if I weren't a realtor, being in connection with a great realtor who kind of had their feelers out for something like that. Um, that that's the number one source. Okay. Yeah. What else, um, you know, what makes it look like a good investment to you? I like to look for certain things and um, some, uh, and usually those are kind of the big ticket items. Old carpet. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, I have said that before. I love to find old carpet, not because I want to leave it there, but because I feel like it tells me a story about the condition of potentially the basement or the, the just the way the house has been treated. If that old carpet is still in decent condition, like you might even keep it that 70s shag. <laughs> um, no, we're going to tear it out, but it's, it's nice to see that it looks like somebody's really taking care of it or that it hasn't been sogged down with water or pet dander or, or whatever. So pet droppings, pet droppings. <laughs> exactly. But some of the things I look for, I love to find something that needs minimal or no exterior repair. And part of that has to do with the climate we're in. If we're looking at flipping a house in the wintertime and you're finding a house that has maybe it's beautiful wood siding, but it all needs new paint, man, that's going to be tough to do in January, you know, and oh, that can yeah. definitely affect your timeline. So, Especially in North Dakota, oh, Minnesota, where totally. our winter could go into April, May. Yep. And you know, if your timeline is six months, that's no big deal. But if your timeline is three months, 
you know, sometimes like this year, April isn't that favorable for painting the exterior of a house. So, um, so yeah, exterior finishes are really nice to find that are already done. Um, windows can be a fairly big ticket item. I mean, they can be replaced at not too terrible of a cost, but again, doing windows in January is a little bit different than doing windows in July. So it almost has just as much to do with maybe the time of year when you think you're going to do some of those projects. Um, Another thing that really scares people off, I think, is is basements. So <laughs> Yes, that, that scares even just buyers buying yeah. for their own purposes. Right. Basements and foundation issues can be scary. Right. They absolutely can. And they can be really costly items to repair. So it's nice to work with and, and to find a contractor that's really good at targeting those issues and giving you really good estimates on what something like that might cost to repair. If um, everybody's been scared of it, but I can come in with a qualified contractor and we can identify that it's not that big of a cost to do a really good job on a repair, then we're not as scared away. But um, but basements are, are, are still one thing that we look at a lot. Uh, and I say we, whether I'm working with a client or I'm working kind of with, with my husband on, on looking at something to renovate, it's, uh, it, it's something that we look at. Well, we both have, with our connections in the industry, I know we both have kind of a yes. nice array of people we can turn yes. to for questions for mm-hmm. um plumbing to electrical yeah, to Tasha referred me my plumber that exactly I've been who's using my plumber recently and and she's hasn't been in the flipping world yet I, oh trust me Micah would love for yeah. me to get into the flipping world so, but yeah. and, and it also depends on the location too some of your contract and timing some of those contracts are just really busy busy, busy. so it's so. uh yeah having I'm jumping ahead a little bit I'm anticipating a question about some things you need to flip a house but um great contractors and uh, available contractors that you trust and referrals, especially from realtors who have worked with tons of contractors in tons of different areas and on tons of different projects is, is of the utmost important, having a great team. But anyway. Well, the next question I have, Jamie, is yeah. what are the first things you should do? Or, sure. you know, the first things that someone should really think about if they're trying to do a project like a flip. Right, right. So obviously financing is one. You don't always have to buy a renovation house with cash. Um, talk to your lender, talk to your realtor. We can get you in touch with some lenders who really um, sort of focus on folks getting into investment properties. And we, th- you'll find out that it, it might not cost you as much cash out of pocket up front as you're thinking it it will. So um, it's awful nice to buy a house with cash, but let's be honest, uh, a lot of people, myself included, we, we don't have a ton of money to just throw at a house. So um, number one, got to work on that financing. And sometimes that just involves a lot of phone calls and a lot of preparation. Um, number two, you know, talk about a timeline. Think about what you can realistically do, how much of a project you could take on yourself. Maybe you can't take any of it on yourself and you're looking for a project manager, or maybe you want to do all the work yourself. Just be realistic about your timeline and pad that time a little bit because sometimes it takes twice as long as you think it's going to take. So so the current flip you're working on now, yeah. I just have to ask this cuz I've been I've been you Go know for it. I've ready. been talking to Jamie about this for a while. Literally what was your estimated timeline for this flip oh, and how gosh. long extra has it taken? Oh, um and it it's almost took, ready. It's almost ready. It's, it's going on the market in just a couple of days. Uh it took about twice as long 
honestly, as I anticipated that it would. And and I'm okay with that. You know, we didn't have a hard deadline to meet, so that's okay. But, um, you know, if you if you pulled a loan and you've got a balloon payment due at a specific time or something to that degree, timelines can really be a huge factor. But, okay, so back to my little flip. Yes, if I, I'm saying double the time, I thought maybe I could get it done in three, four months, and I'm pushing six, seven. <laughs> Let's be honest, it's been seven. <laughs> but it is absolutely amazing well, thank and you. quite yeah, it's beautiful. Adorable. It's so. adorable. And I've loved doing it. So, yeah. No, I've loved it. Um, So, yeah. Finding the money. Working on a timeline. And uh, the other things you're going to do right up front is start floor planning. Um, You know, one of the things that makes renovating a, a home really attractive to the next buyer or your renter is having a working floor plan. That doesn't necessarily mean blowing every wall out, but you kind of have to know what you're going to do to the floor plan or, or not do to the floor plan in order to figure out the budget, which is kind of the next part and, and working on calling those contractors, getting those estimates. So this all kind of works together hand in hand. And some of that can happen even before you've closed. I would just caution, don't spend any money until you've closed because anything can happen until the ink is dry on the paperwork. So, Perfect. yeah. Any other items you can think of or should I go on to my next question? Well, um, you know, so maybe I'll take it to say you, that's kind of pre-closure before you've closed and you've owned the home. But let's say the day that you own it, right? The day that you close on it, um, pull out your camera. Maybe you're, maybe you're videoing, or I mean your phone or whatever, but maybe you're videoing and maybe you're taking photographs, maybe you're doing it all. But one of my like most important things that I try to do is just take tons and tons and tons of pictures and videos. And it's not always for the reason you think. Um, I want to have some great before and afters because I got to justify a pretty significant price change, right? You want to buy low and sell high and you've got to show people why it's worth it. And every buyer's agent out there is going to be trying to work to get their client the best deal possible. And so you have to prove why this house is at the price it's now at. Yes. So So. I want to see some before pictures and, uh, and that's great. The other reason is... Um, and you're going to photograph all along, not just at the very beginning and just at the very end, but you know, say you, you, you've torn down some sheetrock, take pictures of those walls. It sounds silly, but you, you're going to know then later on when you're trying to hang a real heavy shelf, exactly where those studs are, or at least you can get a pretty good idea. Sometimes walls have been framed and reframed and you don't know that the studs line up all the way to the top. It's awful nice to know when you're hanging kitchen cabinets that, oh, there used to be a doorway here. (laughs) I'm trying to find studs and I can't and hang my cabinets. If you can go back to a couple photos and, and kind of get an idea, that's super helpful. Another thing you can kind of see then if you keep those photographs um, coming as you're working on the project is where the plumbing lines are, where the electrical lines are. And, you know, you'll work with professionals. That's what I always recommend, especially on those items. Um, but it's nice, nice to know, just, just for information, nice to know where some of those utilities lie. And Perfect. Yeah, before and afters. So- and... I got to keep going. I keep cutting oh, you off. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so excited about this topic. <laughs> well, I know you would be. We've been talking yeah. about doing this particular topic for a while. Right, I'm sure right. we're going to come back with like part two and part three I and would part love four. To. I would love to. Yeah. But um, so the next thing is uh, measure and measure and measure and measure and measure. Um, and not just lengths and widths. You're going to be measuring in between doors and corners and in between windows and around windows. And you're going to be measuring ceiling heights so you don't end up putting a ceiling fan in a bedroom with low ceiling clearance like I did. <laughs> just recently had to take it right back out. But we all, we all make mistakes. So I'm trying to give as many tips as I can so that people don't 
repeat some of the mistakes that I've made. But uh, but yeah, measure, measure, measure. You know, they always say measure twice, cut once, measure five times because you're going to be somewhere and the perfect opportunity for something is going to come up and you got to have those measurements on you so you know how much room you have for that vanity. You find one at a garage sale and it's practically free and it looks adorable, but if it doesn't fit, it's not worth it. So uh, measure, always keep those measurements on you and uh, you'll, you'll thank yourself for it later. Mm-hmm. And then um, another thing to do right away is get on order or get under contract with the things that you think will take you the longest. Get the plumbers lined up, get the electricians lined up, get the HVAC lined up, and order your cabinets. A lot of times that's an item that takes a, a longer period of time to arrive. So kind of ballpark it and uh, get, get some of those cabinets on order. Because you don't want to have a 90% finished house with no kitchen cabinets and then go order them and find out it takes six weeks to arrive. Oh, that would that would that be, can really throw a wrench in the schedule. That would yes <laughs> yes that would definitely throw a wrench in it. Yeah. So All right. those are those are like my you know make sure you do's at least right away. Okay, perfect. Uh, what are some of the hardest parts to flipping a house? Oh, um, they're probably the things that are well. Don't get emotional. You know, um, say a house comes up and, and you, you think it's cute, you know, you think it's great and it looks like a, a good opportunity on paper and then you walk in there and, and you're finding out that it's a bigger uh, bite than you're really willing to take. Uh, don't get emotional about it. More projects will come. Let it go. We'll find you something else that, that'll really work. Um, I almost bought a different house um, than the one that I am doing and I'm so glad I didn't because although that one would have probably been a fine project... It just didn't quite feel right, and some of the numbers didn't add up to right where I wanted them to be. And uh, then this other one came on the market, and we were able to jump on it. So um, don't 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 get totally emotional, and uh, don't jump at the first opportunity you see. Another one that I kind of touched on before is hire good contractors, and get- I wholeheartedly agree <laughs> with that. Yep, yep, they will make your life so much easier. There's always going to be little things that come up where you don't quite see eye to eye or, you know, um, just have a difference of opinion on how to do something, but good contractors will help you work through it and will teach you a ton along the way. I can't say enough about, uh, all of the contractors that I've been working with most recently. They've, they've taught me a ton and we've, we've come up with a really good project because of it and plan for overages right? Just, just plan, have some padding in your budget. A lot of times we think we can do things and keep it on budget. And maybe some people are super good about that, but, uh, overspending does occur. Uh, surprises do occur. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, kind of plan for, um, I say maybe 10 or even 20% over just if you can, just so that you're not scrambling for money should an emergency arrive. Um, another thing, is be there. Always be there. If you're going to flip a house that's 200 miles away, uh, my suggestion would be don't even try it. Maybe there's other people that do it all the time. That's wonderful for them. But for me, I have to I have to have it somewhere where I can check on it. Maybe not daily, but really, really often. Because before you know it, something will happen and it'll be too late to fix it if you're not on site all the time to check on your project. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I had come up with a question that I, I this one I'm like oh I just want to hear this oh I cannot wait for this what are some of your personal horror stories 
Oh gosh. Well, um, <laughs> there's always things that can go wrong. There's always things that can go wrong. Um, I'll give you one, uh, cause I know we're, we're rounding out our time here and we, I would love to do a second episode. We might have to do a second episode, okay. right? But, um, I'll give you one quick, it's not a horror story, but, uh, Going back to be there, being there, you know, not not just assuming everything is going as planned and, and taking a couple of days off and not checking on your flip. I most recently gave um, one of our contractors some instructions, asked for, you know, some plumbing lines to be put in this particular spot, and we thought we were all on the same page. And then I just wasn't there when they started the work, or I wasn't there. <laughs> And when I came back to check on it, it was not in the place that I thought it was supposed to be in. And I literally broke down crying <laughs> in front of the in front oh, of the contractor yeah. they were so they felt like so bad i'm sure and it, i'm not it was not their fault it was just a miscommunication communication error and um there were several little things that were just not in the spot that i thought they were going to be in fact in one location i wouldn't have been able to open the dishwasher door like you know but there again it's a communication thing so it is maybe not a horror story there are certainly i i have some other stories that i could totally share but um but it goes back to make sure you're there because if I would have waited any longer and those plumbing lines had stay where they were it would have involved redoing an entire kitchen of which I had already ordered cabinets and appliances for and and that could have really really been a nightmare so I I caught it early but um but that that's where my nightmare would have started is is not having been there well perfect cool well that is our first segment on how to flip a house without flipping out yeah how to flip a house (laughs) without flipping out I love it Thank you for listening. Replay or hear more episodes at RealtorMomsPodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with hashtag RealtorMomsPodcast. This podcast is produced by Jamie R. Swenson and Tasha Barrett of Park Company Realtors, 28 North 10th Street, Fargo, North Dakota, 58102.